0: welcome to the pope on film i am bunny williams and with me is
1: I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood. Actual thing, worth a Google. It is episode 274 of the podcast, and today we're going to be talking about racist police officers, Chris Elliott, Venezuela, Neil Breen, Calvin Coolidge, uh, uh, nightclubs, in New York City from the 1920s, and uh, the leading cause of death in 1933. Plus, of course, we're ending it all with America's exciting new segment. Can we Thor to it?
2: Yes. End up
1: with a sequel, a badly done sequel to this week's movie. Very excited about today. Let's get to it. You know Twenty. Yes. I have a local story about law enforcement for you, Bunny. It okay. Just, it's, it's a perfect story. It's a perfect story. And I'll tell you why it's a perfect example of how America has gone from the proverbial shining city on a hill to a dangerous third world country full of fucking fascists. Yes. This is about a police major in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This necklace, red-faced, angry white guy. Looks like if Tor Johnson was an angry guy from New Jersey. So like, uh, hey, time for go to bed. There may be Jews nearby. Yes. That's my... uh. Jersey tour impression. Anywho, this guy his name is Major Travis Yates and he did an interview on a conservative radio show. Apparently Major Travis Yates is one of the police officers that extreme far right uh, news organizations call when they want to talk to an angry police officer that will back up their uh, inherent racial bias. So Travis Yates did an interview on a radio show and he started talking about well actually, if anything, police should be killing more black people. Yes. I'm I'm familiar
0: with this man.
1: Yeah, so uh here, I've got the I've got the quote here. No, not Trump holds news conference. Screw you. Give me the there you go. Okay. So here's the full quote. Uh, okay. So he's being interviewed and he says, quote, the full quote, a lot of people like pull out one tiny sentence, but to be fair, I'm going to use the full quote here. And the full quote is quote, If a certain group is committing more crimes, more violent crimes, and law enforcement's having to come into more contact with them, that number is going to be higher. Who in their right mind would think that our shootings should be right along U.S. census lines? That's insanity. All of our research says we're shooting African Americans about 24% less than we probably ought to be based (laughs) on the crimes being committed. awesome yeah Yeah. how you work that out awesome wow so that's what he said can you believe this guy so so that was in june his words set off a firestorm of controversy the mayor of tulsa denounced the guy as well as a coalition of black police officers and the tulsa police announced that major yates would be investigated so this week Major Travis Yates is in the news again. Why? Because he's suing the media organizations that accurately reported on his words because existence is torture, especially in the nonstop corrupt and dangerous dystopian hellhole that is the United States of America. Thank you. I'm surprised that with his racist viewpoints and apparent propensity towards wanting to shoot more black people, I'm surprised he's not in the Trump administration right now. Yeah. Right. You know, that's why I'm assuming I'm surprised he's not. And also to make sure that we don't get sued. And
2: I'm
1: not, I'm not Brianna tailored in my sleep by corrupt racist police. uh, Maybe not call this segment racist Tulsa police officer or Major Travis Yates hates black people, maybe call this segment Happy Cookie Party.
0: Happy Cookie Party.
1: It's really about happy cookies. Cookies (laughs) make me happy and make me want to dance like a Japanese character in an anime, and I am happy, and that's why I love cookie parties. Steve is is coming out in support of cookies and cookie parties
0: i have made a note
1: okay cool i love happy cookie parties bunny what are you what's your favorite part about happy cookie parties
0: happy my favorite part of happy cookie parties is when we tear down the establishment and burn it to the ground
1: i like the cookies
0: (laughs) you like the cookies
1: I like the cookies. That's my favorite part of a happy cookie party and uh, and, and cut on that. So bu- background there you go. Bunny! Yes. So I finally started watching Shit's Creek, okay this week. I was just sitting there at home and I'm like, I'm bored. I don't know what to do. And then, like, my, my computer started started going, well, Steve, why don't you finally watch Shit's Creek? You've been mentioning it ever since you started doing The Summer of Fred Willard. And I'm like, fucking, okay, fine. I've been meaning to see it for a while solely because I am in love with Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, and they're starring in this TV show, so I figure it's a win-win. I've put it off for so long, primarily because so many people are in love with this show. Yeah. How so many people love the show? that I'm like, you know what? I was going to watch it, but I'm going to pass. And and um, uh, but it, and um, but also, one of the reasons why I decided to watch it was that in the last Emmys, which set a record for the least watch Emmys of all time, really? I don't know why people... Like, I don't know why people were watching the Emmys cuz I was watching it and it was a wonderful fucking train wreck. <laughs> you know, socially distance award season is really fucking weird. It is really bizarre. So so I turned on the Emmys and I don't normally watch the Emmys but it's like I want to see how they do this. So um uh, Shits Creek swept every single acting category in the Emmys. Really? And that has apparently never happened before in the history of the Emmys. But Eugene Levy won Best Actor. Catherine O'Hara won Best Actress. Uh, Eugene Levy's actual son, Dan Levy, won Best Supporting Actor. And uh, the the daughter of the family won Best Supporting Actress. One show took all of those awards and, like, best comedy, and that's never happened before, apparently. So it was just, like, a clean sweep, and I'm like, you know what, fucking, I'll watch it for that alone. Yeah. Let alone Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, so I started watching it. Um, What else do I have to do this week? Well, first off, I just want to say about Shits Creek... No one informed me how much fucking Chris Elliott was in this goddamn show. Oh,
0: I I, I was concerned about the Chris Elliott factor.
1: Uh, I mean like I'm watching the show and I'm do you mean to tell me that like the co-star of the entire show, the 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 mayor of the town is fucking cabin boy, really <laughs> I loved Chris Elliott when he was a writer for David Letterman, who would appear occasionally, but beyond that, like like I I stopped giving a shit about Chris Elliott for a long time. And I was like, I don't know if I can get over that, but he, he, and and so many people so many people told me so many different things. And they're like, okay, if you just get through the first season then, then it starts getting really good. And normally when I go into a show, I realize that like the first season isn't going to be that great, but that's going to be setting it up so that the second season is better. And then by the time you get to around the third season, it's a really good show. Yeah. That's usually like my mindset, but oh my God, like six episodes. Like, when I watched the first episode, the first thing I noticed was, okay, everyone in the show is a fucking asshole and okay. I don't want any of them none of these people are good I don't want any of them to succeed I don't want to hang out with them I don't want to have them. these people are all horrible except for uh Stevie the moody uh woman who works at the hotel she is so many sitcoms have an have an April Ludgate okay
2: from very,
1: from Parks and Recreation, you know, there's always, like, the moody, asshole, female. That's, like, a trope in sitcoms. Yeah. So many, so many. So so that's her. And she was the only person that I cared about. And I, I liked her so much that after, like, three or four episodes, I'm like, I'm going to find out who this woman is because I really like her and I'm in love with her character. And apparently they asked her to audition for the show Shit's Creek. And she was too nervous. So she said, I'm going to send in a video. And they're like, no, we really need to see you. And she's like, that's great. I will send you a video. (laughs) So she sent a video of her audition. And they saw the video and they liked it. And they're like, hey, uh, this was a good audition. Why don't you come in person? And so she... Auditioned in person, and she was so nervous that she has absolutely no recollection at all of the entire audition or how it went. But apparently at one point, she 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 gets so nervous, the actress, that she gets hives sometimes. So she at one point during the audition was so nervous that she lifted her shirt up over her head and sat in the corner of the room and rocked back and forth until she calmed herself down. Okay. And the people at the audition, the people doing the audition thought that was so adorable that they just hired her on the spot. And so I'm happy to say that I love this character and this woman herself is fucking wonderful. So, (laughs) so, in the beginning, I didn't care for Eugene Levy, I didn't care for the entire family, they're all a bunch of rich douchebags, but I loved her so much, so, like, I'm gonna keep watching for Stevie. Anyway, uh, like, six or seven episodes in, I went, okay, I I thought it would take more time, but I am in fucking love with this show. Really? Okay easy to get through and it's just really fun and it gave me an idea because basically they're a super rich ultra wealthy family and they lose all of their money because their accountant was doing shady business practices yada 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 he runs off with all of their money the FBI seizes all of these assets but apparently in the 90s Eugene Levy as a joke bought a small town in the middle of nowhere Okay, and so uh, the FBI didn't seize the town because they thought that the town was of no value. So they go and live at this town and it's called Shits Creek. Because uh is so so it the worst case scenario right now in America is that Trump does not um Give up power and he's already trying to rig the election and he wants to stay in power. And the reason he wants to stay in power is that as long as he's president, he can't be sued and people can't throw him in jail or whatever. Best case scenario Joe Biden wins and he finally, Donald Trump finally gets investigated and maybe he goes to jail. If that does happen, let me just pitch this idea that I got from. Fitz Creek. There are a lot of shitty towns in Oklahoma. Okay. Yes, there are. That we, that we can send Trump to instead of prison. Because prison, you know, for so many like white-collar criminals and stuff like that, he's gonna be like doing yoga and reading books and being on the computer and watching TV in like a hot in like a high-collar white prison. But if we really want to punish Trump, uh, we can send him to Seminole, Oklahoma. We can send him to Shawnee, Oklahoma. We can send him to um, so many small places. There's a town called Pink. We can send him to Pink, Oklahoma. Hooker, Oklahoma. I'm just saying Oklahoma is filled with tiny, small, shitty towns that we can force Trump to go to. I want Trump to buy underwear at Walmart. Okay. That would be more punishment than sending him to a jail. Yes. You know, <coughs> this is my <coughs> idea, and I stole it from Shit Street. And I, guess, I think it's a pretty <coughs> solid idea.
0: Okay. Know? It's a pretty solid idea. Um, I can only go for it if we also make Trump wear, like, a special collar so we can shock him whenever he's not acting like a decent person.
1: That's a good idea. So it'd be
0: like, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know like cam girls have like the vibrator inside of them and it's like a bluetooth. Yes. And if someone like like tips them, then the vibrator goes off. Same thing except it's a shock collar. And for every like $5 someone donates to the ACLU, he gets like a five second electrical shock. Yes. That's a, that's a great idea. That is a great idea.
0: But my, but my brain got stuck with you mentioning Trump doing yoga. And I, 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 I immediately went to Trump is no longer president and he's got his YouTube channel and it's, It's Trump's morning stretch. (laughs) You know? I'm
1: Donald Trump. Today we're going to do Downward Dog. (laughs) Yes. Welcome to
0: Sunrise.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Crouching Otter.
1: Crouching Otter. Otter. (laughs) Yeah. Crouching Otter, Hidden Dragon. (coughs)
0: <coughs> yes. You good? You good? Hey, eh, eh, good enough. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> good is relative. Yeah.
1: Okay, let's move on. Bunny! <sighs> yes! This isn't the world's longest story, but it's one that I really wanted to have its own segment. I was going to mention it casually during Bunny vs. in Act 2, but I decided... Even though this isn't the the largest segment in the world, that it needs its own space in Act One of the podcast. So, okay. Venezuela came out this week and announced that the United States is quote the greatest threat to world peace. Okay. Venezuela, buddy! Yes. Venezuela. Do you know how bad your country has sunk? Yeah. When Venezuela of all fucking places. When Venice. When, Venez- like, uh,
0: when Venezuela is throwing fucking shade. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So so they specifically said what the world should be concerned about is the complete disregard. Uh, it's, stop it, Ad. What the world should be concerned about is the complete disregard for international law, and in particular for the United Nations system that the Trump administration has shown in recent actions. The United States is currently the greatest threat to world peace and stability. You know that your country has sunk pretty low when, like, there's 12-year-olds with a big cigar sticking out of their mouth with a machine gun, mowing, like, plowing through people. (sniffs) Die, you fucking pigs! What? America? Oh, I would never go there. It's too dangerous. (laughs) I don't think so. like venezuela is like oh america fuck no yeah america that's a dictatorship says venezuela
0: yeah but you know (laughs) you know to give it to them though they're not
1: wrong no they're absolutely (laughs) right they're absolutely right if anything it's just like a shameful thing like look at how far we have fucking sunk as a nation that venezuela is like whoa Tone it down a bit, okay? Yeah. Tone it down. Yes. Like Kim Jong Un is in his castle going, "Man, that Trump's a real fucking dictator, huh?" <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. The Pope is is in his cathedral going, Man, that Trump really likes young children, doesn't he? <laughs> Man, something's wrong. Something's wrong with that Trump guy. So I just wanted to mention Venezuela. Venezuela, buddy. Venezuela. Venice freaking Wela. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Anywho. Buddy. Yes. We still have a a full show to get to. We need to talk about, oh, we need to talk about wearing white after Labor Day. We need to talk about uh, Andy Sandberg's latest film. We need to talk about uh, Cary Grant. We need to talk about... uh, I... I, I never knew too much about Mae West. She's a she's a pretty kick ass broad. Yeah, you know, and I, I never fully realized all of the things that she did for people, and so 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 that was that was good. Uh, Not the best movie. Not the best movie. Well, when it comes to like movies of the 1920s and 30s and 40s and whatever, they talk so fast and in such a voice that like I'm not understanding everything that they're saying. Yeah. Hey Trixie, we got to go back to the docks. We've got Mark over there. He's got he he's he's talking out of the mouth. It's really you know, and it's like, can you slow the fuck down? I'm trying to fucking understand what you're saying, dude. Yeah. It's every movie from the 1930s is like. Uh, dialogue faster than if you put an episode of Gilmore Girls on fast forward. That's every 1930s movie, just the like fucking rapid fire dialogue, and they're all talking weird. But, but like, yeah. So we get we have a movie to get to as well. But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. Okay. We will be right back with more of the pop film after this. Do-do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And break.
0: All are lunatics. But he who can analyze his delusion is called a philosopher.
3: People used to go to New York to make it,
0: to be something in the arts.
3: Lauren Michaels was this strange Canadian, come into town with this weird idea. We just happen to have the producer of the program, Mr. Lauren Michaels, with us. What should we look for on your program? It's
1: one hell of a day in my neighborhood.
3: It's lasted through the ups and downs of America and the world. He said it would be a cross between 60 Minutes and Monty Python. Rosanna, Rosanna,
2: It was all anybody could really talk about. It was the dialogue of the year when it came on.
1: It's important to remember political comedy was essentially dead
0: on American television.
3: As the writers, you sit around and go like, what's true about this story
0: that no one's saying? Man, it's cool. I'm going to be president. That's wicked. Does it
3: create... That permanent stereotype that you got to work to try to overcome, you're done right at it this. It's got to be all about job creation.
0: Bingo.
1: It's America right now, whether you like it or not.
0: <laughs> People expect SNL to take issues. Oh!
1: People like when something goes down. Like, what are they going to do on SNL? Well, stop being so
3: gentle with that thing. Let me show you. the only forum where everyone is necessary till the end. We don't go on because we're ready, we go on because it's 11.30. Live from New
2: York! Live from New York! Live from New
1: York! And we're back with more of the Popon film. <sighs> funny Yes. Are you ready for America's most popular podcast segment, Bunny Versus? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you jazzed? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you ready? Are you hyped up? Are you hyped, Bunny? Are you hyped? Are you ready to take it? Are you ready to take it downtown? Are you ready to win it all?
0: I'm not so sure about the taking it downtown part, but yeah. (laughs)
1: but you ready
0: i am ready and i I, every bunny versus with the state of the world could be the last bunny versus you think about that people no you only think about yourselves
1: yeah yeah rude Rude. So, without any further ado, it's now time for Bunny Williams for Bunny Versus. And now, here is your host, Bunny Williams. Take it away, Bunny. Well,
0: I'm going to have to check back, but like in the first segment, oh, first, I got the Facebook upgrade, finally, which means uh. I can no longer upload video. Thanks Facebook. Oh, that's awesome. Damn. I've been trying to upload well, episodes fun. to Facebook since like fucking Wednesday. Yeah. You oh. know. Uh, no. But in during our during our first segment while we were doing the first segment, I I also had to get them uploaded to SoundCloud. And it looks like suddenly we're doing really pretty good on SoundCloud. Maybe that's the Spotify effect.
2: Really?
0: Yeah, we've had something huh. like 572 plays in the last seven days. And whenever I've gone there, it's been like kind of consistently like 200, somewhere up in there. 500 is quite a big of a jump. And there are, there are a few people... People shared the fuck out of Chad Bozeman.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's awesome. God, what did I say? Was I high? I was probably high. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember what I said. Hopefully, it was good.
0: Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so, so that was kind of interesting. That was just
1: before the show. Huh. What's been going on with you? Uh, I am deeply depressed because one of my town's three movie theaters is closing down.
0: Yeah, I saw your
1: post about that. I am hurt by that. The Hornbeck Theater has been open since 1947 and is closing down. And I'm very, very upset about this. The last night is this Tuesday and I'm going to go. They're showing Goonies and Back to the Future. So I'm going to go see Back to the Future for the last uh showing at this theater it's been open continuously since 1947 and it's really sad they said that they can't keep it going anymore because of the coronavirus they have no new movies to show they're struggling and the people who own this old movie theater also own the two big theaters in town and basically we can keep these two big theaters open but we can't keep this old classic vintage theater that's a discount theater that we make no money off of we can't run this anymore so that sucks Uh, upset about that this week, I've been trying to get out of my comfort zone. I, I, I've been trying to watch you know, TV shows I haven't watched before that I keep meaning to watch. Yeah. Uh, last night, I finally saw the movie <clears throat> Palm Springs. There's been like a block uh, in my brain where I just can't watch new movies because all of these movies that I have on my TV, that I have on my computer, that I have on the hard drive, that I have connected to the PlayStation are all movies that I was supposed to see in the goddamn theater. And I'm just pissed off about that. Yes. So I have been watching movies. And so yesterday I was bored and I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit down. I'm just going to put a movie on. And what movie? I have this big list of all of the shitty movies that have come out this year. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, Andy Sandberg's Palm Springs. That's supposed to be good. Fuck it, I'll put it on, and it was wonderful. And and Bella and Natasha ended up watching it with me. Yeah, and a really great movie. Absolutely loved it. Loved it so much. So that was good. And then what? What? What was it?
0: like what? What was it? I I am I am needing lighter fare.
1: It's it's. groundhog day if bill murray's character just got drunk and didn't give a shit you know all those you know all those fun parts of groundhog day where he's like fuck i'm gonna do whatever i want it doesn't matter i'm gonna rob this bank i'm gonna get i'm gonna kill myself i'm gonna jump off of this building i can do whatever the hell i want those fun parts that's this movie okay Except it's also a relation, it's also like a romantic comedy because uh, Sandberg's character who's stuck in the infinite time loop and someone gets stuck in, someone gets stuck in there with him. Yeah. So suddenly it's like, oh, I'm stuck here in eternity with you. And so it, it was really good. It's it's an hour and a half long. It was really funny. It was basically it felt like a remake of Groundhog Day if they took the premise more seriously. Yeah. This had more this this felt this uh, this just had more it it took the premise just a bit more seriously. When you watch Groundhog Day, you have no idea what the fuck's going on. Yeah. This time you have a little bit more of an idea of what's going on. They, they test the, they test the limits of the world that they're stuck in. And it's really interesting. I really liked it. It was fun.
0: Good. I might have to check it out. I, you know, I I need more escapism, you know, I need more fun. I came this close to renting the new Bill, Bill and Ted movie pretty much for that same reason. It's on Amazon and they wanted 15 bucks for it. I'm like, no fucking way. No, no, no fucking way am I paying 15 bucks to rent a Bill and Ted movie. I'm not even going to pay 15 bucks to own this movie.
1: Okay. uh... Blood Ice Toolkit. Shared with me. Pope on Film. Upload Files. I don't know how... I don't know. This might F with uh, Zoom. Never. but uh, okay there you go I'm uploading the film right now okay because <laughs> I've got this massive list of all of these movies that I've been collecting during quarantine that I've also not been seeing Yes. so I have this list of like all the 2020 movies that I own and haven't bothered seeing because I've got this block in my head so I haven't seen An American Pickle Antebellum, Artemis Fowl Bad Trip um, Bill and Ted face the music. Emma, Enola Holmes. Yeah. Uh, How to build a girl to go here. The Danny Trejo documentary, uh, Mulan, my spy, uh, spree, the devil all the time. The King of Staten Island, the Lodge, the owners. the personal history of David Copperfield, the rental vivarium yes god yes and you should have left these are all movies that have come out during quarantine that i own and haven't seen so finally last night i'm like i'm gonna watch one of these fucking movies let me go for the lightest one and that was palm springs and it was fucking wonderful wonderful film yeah really good i
0: have a category of movie on my plex server that are Movies that I would really have to pay attention to, you know. Yeah. So I haven't watched a lot of them. Okay. Yeah. Because I'd I I will put on Avengers again because I'm doing other shit. You know, it's just a comfort movie. You know. Yeah. And these other movies are things that I've heard are really good and I've never seen them, and I. Brushed one off last night. I finally got around to seeing Jordan Peele's Get Out.
2: Ah, yeah.
0: I'm going to have to watch it a a few more times, but I think I fucking love this movie.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it's really good. I I, uh, really liked his follow-up, Us. Did we do that for the podcast? No. Did we? I don't think we did. I don't think we did. I loved that movie.
0: Oh, I'm definitely going to give it a try after this. Because this was like, you know, and, and it was just like, okay, who the fuck are these people? And there were so many other, like, like he hit the right vibe, you know? That the movie just had that consistent, edgy, just like there's really something fucking wrong here. But it's like, you yeah. know, is it the Stepford Wives? You know, you reworked this a little bit. It could be Midsomar as well. Yeah. Invasion yeah. of the Body Snatchers. Are they fucking aliens? What the hell is, what are these people? You know? Yeah. So I was, I was. Really, really impressed with this movie
1: Yeah, I love that movie We were going to do it We were going to do it for the podcast And then something happened And I don't remember what Oh, we were going to watch that's, that That's I why I have the bookstore. Oh, was that it? That's, that was it And I was like, hey, I got fired from the bookstore We're not doing Get Out <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do something fun Let's do, I don't know Let's do a bucket of blood again. I don't give a shit. Like the, the, that yeah. was that was why we didn't want. know, yeah, no, we were gonna we were gonna go deep into get out, but then we just didn't. And then I wanted to do us, but we couldn't do us because we never did get out. Like uh-huh. we should get out first. Do us, yeah. So it was a whole thing. <sighs> and then last night. Um, I'm drinking wine with Natasha. I kept saying, ugh, because I don't drink wine. And the reason is because it tastes like Jesus to me. Okay. Like Every time I drink wine, I'm like, ugh. It's like, what, you don't like it? Yeah, it just tastes very Christ-like mm-hmm. to me. Every time I drink wine, my wife always drinks red wine, and it's just, God, I can, I can taste Jesus' blood So so we're we're okay. Okay.
0: Now now you're just selling
1: it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So so we're hanging out and stuff, and Emerald is FaceTiming her boyfriend Jeremy, and uh, him and I don't talk a lot because I have to be the intimidating father figure. Okay. Boyfriends. I, I don't talk a lot to the boyfriends, and the friends don't talk a lot to me. But he he knows a bit about me. He knows that I like bad movies and this and that. So yesterday, you know, I, I hear he, he's he's uh, FaceTiming in the kitchen, and I'm here in my setup. And he goes, "Hey, Mr. Galindo, do you know who Neil Green is?" Oh, <laughs> like, I run. I run to the to the to the phone and I'm like, do you know who fucking Neil Breen is? The Tuna man. Yeah. Do you know who Neil Breen is? And he goes, Yeah, one of my favorite movies to watch is Faithful Findings. And I'm like, You son of a bitch. <laughs> and it's like it's like, wow, Jeremy, you've earned some respect from Mr. Galindo. Yeah. Bringing up Neil Green on your own. Good for you. Mm-hmm. You know? Good for you. Proud of the boy. Proud mm. of the boy. That. Yes. Fucking Neil Green. Yes. Talking about Neil Green last night. That okay. was weird.
0: But now do you know for or are you being hustled here?
1: I don't know. Did i did, did
0: Emerald I'm say Hey, you know what? Go bring up Neil Breen to your dad. Neil Breen made this one movie. Here's the title of it. He made it. Uh, but, but, but but you you I only did, want your boyfriend memorizing one title.
1: I I don't think I was hustled because Emerald started talking about because I started talking about, you know, I did Neil Breen for the podcast. And uh, I tried to get everybody to watch the Neil Breen movie with me. Nobody wanted to. Yes. And see so here, Emerald, here's your boyfriend talking about Neil Breen and Emerald's like, I know Neil Breen, you and I have watched two <laughs> Neil Breen movies. And I'm like, Oh, so you watch it with your boyfriend, watch it with your dad on the couch for the podcast, you fucking bitch. Like I got all upset with her. Have yeah, you when the boyfriend have, brings up? Yeah. Her, you know,
0: have you shown her Holy Mountain, because Emerald needs to see Holy Mountain. If she has not already discovered Jodorowsky on her own, which she may have.
1: No, but, you know, she would absolutely love that. She would absolutely love that. Yeah, no, I should absolutely bring that up to her. Yes. I've been seeing a lot of Holy Mountain on my uh, social media feeds lately, which is weird. You f- a what? But... I, I've been seeing a lot of uh, people bring up holy mountain on my Insta- on like on my instagram account on my twitter account on facebook facebook I understand because i'm i'm like i'm i'm part of the group incredibly strange films and yes. b movie and strange films and stuff like that so i understand people bringing up holy mountain there but also like film twitter and various instagram accounts I've just been seeing a lot of holy mountain lately it's, uh, yeah, it's it's probably
0: um, spillover from Dune, I would guess.
1: Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably it. Yeah, that's probably it. The goddamn Dune trailer.
0: Which, which, like, yeah. I, 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 I've, I've not looked at the trailer. I, 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 have very little interest in this movie. If it's not Jodorowsky's Dune, that's what I want to fucking see.
2: Yeah.
0: Have you seen that documentary?
1: Yes, I have. Yes, oh, I have seen documentary.
0: God, the work he put yeah, into—nobody's so like, put into put that much work into into a fucking movie
1: ever. And now, you've, and now you've got what Timothy Chalamet starring in Dune, and it's like fucking—what is this Dune babies? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to watch Dune babies. <laughs> fucking Timothy Chalamet is like a tiny cute little imp, but he is no fucking um uh, what's his nuts uh, uh twin peaks.
0: Yeah. Kyle McLaughlin. Oh,
1: yeah. There you go, Kyle McCluckin. Yeah. Yeah, he's no, he's no Kyle McLaughlin. He's no sting. Yes. Yeah to son of a
0: bitch I'm glad Kyle is still hanging in there and you still yeah. see him in shit you know um yeah. at least a little you know like he was he, Portlandia he was big in Portlandia and um Agents of Shield for a little bit you know
1: he was in, he was in my favorite episode of Tales from the Crypt but his face just keeps getting goofier
0: and goofier. Yeah. His yeah. smile yeah. and his laugh is, it's like, okay, you may need, may need a couple of days of
1: observation. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So it is still uploading. Yes, it's still uploading. Okay, good. It hasn't messed with Zoom that much. Hi, Maxwell. Okay, cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh yeah, no problem. I haven't. I haven't watched it, so yeah, it's on my list. I haven't watched. I was supposed to see it in a goddamn theater,
0: and it took the Democrats less than four days to roll over. On the Supreme Court nominations.
1: Oh Jesus Christ! I, I I'm trying to not get on Twitter too much because it it's just it's 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 doom scrolling, is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Hey, let me get scroll. on Twitter, and then it's, and then it's just a nonstop barrage of just all of the horrible. Here's everything that's here's all the reasons why the, the America is crumbling, Steve, yes. and it's. So depressing. It's so depressing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I can't even, I I can't even. Mm -hmm. Fucking sad. Yeah. 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 It's fucked up. It's fucked up is what it is. But I'm uh, I'm really proud of today's chat that we will be getting to next. It's really good.
0: The The only small comfort that I am taking is that I do not believe that this nominee has the brains to do anything of her own.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I just don't understand how Christians can be okay with doing actively doing all of the things that they don't want muslims to do yes it's like you know what those muslims are doing they're infiltrating communities and infiltrating governments and taking over the government and imposing sharia law they're imposing the law based on the Quran and forcing people to believe in their beliefs also we're going to force everyone to be christians and yes. ban everything that we don't like in our religion, but it oh, to- two totally different things. Yes. Two totally different things. And it's like it, no. <laughs> you people are you people are fucking horrible. Yes. It's really
2: depressing.
1: I'm happy that it's almost Halloween though. So I'm yes. happy about that.
0: For what it's worth. I mean, but but then again, like, we haven't gotten kids coming to the house in, like, 15 years. Really? Maybe every now and then there, there would be a kid. Yeah. So, like, I, you know, a Halloween just isn't what it used to be to begin with you know so like well people are upset about halloween in the in the pandemic and so am i because if not for anything else we should have been well fucking past this but yeah but we're not so you know no we're not going to be able to have halloween parties and things like that but for the most part that's not what i would do anyway and with the lack of With the lack of kids, it's just going to be kind of Halloween like any other Halloween.
1: Well, I will be taking part in a Halloween party that I'm very excited about. We haven't announced anything yet, but apparently LoveWorks, the nonprofit that I work with, we have a plan for a socially distant Halloween party. Yeah. And so at LoveWorks, there's this big, long corridor, and there's different doors, and each door is, is a different classroom. And so what they're going to do is that people are going to sign up in advance and they're going to have windows of time to go into Loveworks, you know, masks on and, and, and all of that. And at each door will be a different volunteer with candy, giving out candy so you can trick or treat indoors at Loveworks, all safe and all that. And yeah. when you get to the end, there's the big meeting room they will be projecting me onto their big screen via zoom and i'll be there (laughs) nice meaning the kids at home so i'm really excited about that and i'm getting paid for it so i'm really excited (laughs) about our bizarre virtual zoom halloween party And plus last year we were going to, the kids were really upset because they wanted to go out and trick or treat last year, but it started raining really bad. And so at the last second I came up with indoor trick-or-treating where there was a different person at every spot of the house and all the kids just went around the house trick-or-treating here and the kids really love that and now halloween's coming and they're like oh wait what are we going to do trick-or-treating and it's like we can just do what we did when it was raining just right here at the house we're trick-or-treating indoors again yeah and i'm really happy that i came up with that before so we already know what to do because we're not we're not going anywhere that's yuck yeah yeah. So, I'm 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 excited about Halloween.
0: So you haven't gotten to see the newest video screen or the newest one after that even. Fuck Facebook. Now I can't I can't upload video anymore to Facebook.
1: And it's so bizarre because I still can. Yeah. But then again, but then again, I like Mr. Steve has had his YouTube page up since since like 2013 or 2012. And maybe like the rules for me, because of how old my page is is different than other people's pages. Like Loveworks has a Facebook page and they can only post once a day. Really? And they have a hard time posting. Yeah, and they have a hard time posting video and all of this, and, and and they're like, Steve, you understand what that's like, and it's like, no, I've got no restrictions. I can post video. I can post. I, I can post everything. So, a bit confusing there.
0: Well, I don't know if it's restrictions or it just doesn't fucking work.
2: Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I mean, that. it
0: it acts like I can upload video, and then yeah. it just hangs.
1: That's weird. That's weird.
2: Hmm.
0: Yes, it is.
1: Yeah, so next week I might do the history of the movie theater that's closing down. I think that that would make me feel better. You know? This theater that I've got the back for the video. Because it had a big, long history and i'm really sad that it's closing down so telling its story might make me feel a little bit better i think i might do a story time video at the closing see if i can take anything from the theater before it closes down i'll bring a bag yeah yeah maybe i can maybe they can let me have a poster or something i don't know
2: yeah.
0: <coughs> some marquee 18, letters
1: 19. Yeah, if nobody buys it and turns it into like some theater, what I'm hoping is that if they do end up like tearing it down, maybe I can get some movie theater seats because I, I I have known numerous people throughout my life who have gotten authentic movie theater seats that way in their home. Yeah, it'd be really cool to have some movie theater seats in the background behind me. You know, <laughs> I would like that that would be a cool addition to my setup. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't go see uh, Rock. I didn't go see Rocky Horror Picture Show this week because no. the movie theater closed. Down. I heard that the movie theater was closing down. And It's like I don't want to go to Rocky Horror. I don't even know if you go see Rocky Horror, you need to move around with a group. Yeah. You know, not just be in your. That's what, that's pretty much what you said last week. And it's, and then having the movie theater close down like, no, if I'm going to go to the movies, it's going to be to the last day of this theater that is closing down. So going to go see Back to the Future for like the hundredth time on Tuesday. Yes.
0: Yeah. A, a, a much better plan.
1: Yeah. I'm and- not going to go see The Goonies because I don't like that movie. <laughs> you don't like The Goonies? I did when I was, like, nine, but, like, I, I just can't stand it now. Yeah. You know? When I was a kid, it's like, oh, man, look at this big, massive adventure. And now I watch the movie going, where are your fucking parents? God damn it. They should be taking better care of you. Fucking 1980s parents not giving a shit where your kids were. Fuck you. <laughs> So, so yeah, it's
0: just it's not the same. But I think I've hit everything you know. No point in dwelling on a lot. So this is this is a the end of money versus maybe forever.
1: But Vote. probably just for now.
0: Huh? Yeah. But probably just for now. Yes. Uh, we're still in search of a, of a catchphrase to close out the episode. Yes. You know, uh, there yes. are a lot more of you listening, you know, come on over Yay. to Facebook and maybe you could watch episodes again soon. If I ever get that worked out or, oh, cool. and, and, and maybe wow. recommend the catchphrase. Okay. Just take a moment. Yes. Recommend, drop it in the comments. Yeah. Drop it in the comments. For today, I think I'm going to go for three cities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We must protect our seafood.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that. That's a good one.
0: So this is Bunny versus signing out, reminding you we must protect our seafood. Yes. And cut on that.
1: And cut on that. Buddy! (laughs) If you're like me, then you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays? You're climbing the charts. But only real fans, true hardcore fans of this podcast would know, to Facts, two undeniably real and in no way made up on the spot facts about the both of us, America's hottest will they or won't they couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, the first fact, which is about you, Bunny, is the fact that you used to work at Studio 54 in New York City in your younger years. Tell us, Bunny, what exactly was your job at Studio 54? Well, Studio Fifty
0: Four. It was really a a wild place, especially back then. You know, oh, it was a very crazy time. Uh, So, so I I was a jizz mopper. Um, Yeah. You wouldn't think that there was. Oh my God, so much jizz, so much jizz. Um, Yeah although being 64 uh, i was referred to as a spermicidal assassin was my official job title because you know gotta be pompous about mopping the jizz you know
1: yeah gotta be pompous about mopping the jizz was actually the name of uh uh, what was the name of the uh, PBS painter? Bob Ross's biography was yeah. named that. Yeah, yeah. So, but you yeah, know, I, mean, I the Bob Ross story. Yeah, I read that. It was really good.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I do have a nice jizz collection from those yeah. days. Still, you know, I mean, uh, you know, nice. I, 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 nice. I mean, if if. If John Belushi is going to shoot a cap in Studio Fifty Four, you're going to want to keep a little bit of that. Yeah,
1: you know, yeah, that'll 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 fetch you a pretty penny in the jizz collector market.
0: Yes, yeah. yes, which is and, definitely a thing. And now with CRISPR Technology being so cheap, you could expect to see mm-hmm. some of your favorite stars coming back.
1: Yeah, so that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Happy about that. <laughs> The second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do is I like to get a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style, my own unique voice. So that's what this is. Another educationally uneducational installment of
2: Steve's Historic Approximations!
1: Dun, 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 dun. Or Shap, as I like to call it repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name Shap. It's short, it's funny, it's uh, cute, it's the Tom Cruise of podcast segments. Anywho, this week on Shap, it is the short but astounding story of the Straw Hat Riot of 1922. Would these be A- Susquehanna A- A- hats? Straw hats. Straw hats. I don't know specific brand names, but uh, 23 Skidoo hats, let's say. (laughs) Uh, An eight-day riot that was started because of hats. And look, this was almost 100 years ago. And it may be hard in our modern day for us with our iPhones and our TikToking to fully understand how a bloody, violent, lengthy riot could be started because of hats, so I came up with a pretty great little way to explain to our to our modern e- ear holes uh, what it what this riot was all about. Imagine, if you will, Bunny, you're going out for a walk, so you put on an all-white outfit, maybe like a jumper or yes. a onesie or whatever. And you go out and you're walking around, but but once you get out the door, you realize, oh, crap, I'm wearing an all-white outfit, and it's September 27th, meaning that it's after Labor Day. And as everyone knows, you don't wear white after Labor Day. So I looked I looked that up and, and like, why is that? And just and, and it ties in really well with the straw hat riots of 1922 because uh, that's the statement of you don't wear white after Labor Day is less about fashion more about weather, meaning people would wear brighter colors in the heat and they would wear white during the summer and during the hot months because it's super hot outside, and then you wear darker colors in the cold. So after Labor Day, which was always the official end of summer, that's when you stopped wearing white and you started wearing darker clothes. Meaning, so it's all tied to weather. Meaning, realistically, global warming is killing the whole white after Labor Day rule. Yes. Really think about it. Yes. Weather isn't fully, you know, uh, weather isn't fully conforming to seasons anymore yes wasn't it snow for you like a month ago it
0: it could snow today it's it the temperatures seriously dropped and yet yeah, we had some considerable yeah. snow like last month at one point
1: yeah, yeah that's crazy mm-hmm. so yeah it does uh, so wearing white after labor day isn't it- officially that much of a thing anymore. So yes, you're wearing white after Labor Day, bunny. But and but okay, know, but oh,
0: why but why did they make that the dividing line? Okay, like like why isn't it no black after Easter? You know because, because there's no harm what? if you wear white after Labor Day. Whereas if you're wearing black after Easter in the hotter months, you could pass out. That's a good point.
1: But, but... Um, there's there's no harm to you now, but there was harm to you before. So that's what we're, we're getting at here. So you're wearing white after Labor Day money, but you think, eh, I should be fine. I mean, no one takes that seriously, right? And so you're walking down the street, and you turn the corner, and what do you see? A gang of old ladies from Money Python! Okay. And they've got and they've got bats, and very heavy purses, And they're looking to get into a fight with anyone who's wearing white after Labor Day. Basically, this is the New York City straw hat riot of 1922. So, in the 19th century, men would never leave the house without a hat. Yes. Are you kidding me? You always got to wear a hat. So, men would always wear these big, heavy... Hats and these silk hats and these felt hats and fedoras and stuff, and just wear them all the time when you're out and about, going to work, going about your day. And then, boom, right around the 1900s, they invented straw hats, much lighter. And so, eventually, at the turn of the century, the common occurrence in the big cities was. You wore your silk hats, you wore your fedoras until summer when it got hot, and then you switched to a straw hat. And for whatever reason, and I'm not, again, I'm not sure why, but back in the day in the 1910s and 1920s, there was a specific cutoff date for men and straw hats, and that was September 15th. This was the generally agreed upon day where, hey, September 15th, Take off your goddamn straw hat. It is no longer summer. You wear your fedora from now on. So that was the September 15th was a specific day. Now, if you were to destroy my straw hat, that would be fine. If a stranger did, that would be a big offense. So like... um. Uh, destroying someone's straw hat after September fifteenth was fine, but only if it was uh, in jest amongst friends. So yeah, save but money. but
0: but don't oh. you remember that old old Abbott and Costello bit about Susquehanna hats that I've oh, always no, fucking wondered about? Yeah, and huh. it was a straw hat, and somebody would That's see you with the strong about. hat, and it would be Susquehanna hats.
2: And
0: just this tirade of weird gibberish about Niagara Falls and everything like that. And they'll they'll punch out the the straw hat. And uh, it sounds like there's a serious connection between this and that.
1: No, it absolutely does. I'll have to look into that. No, I don't remember that skit at all. But, but yeah, so, that, so, so you could destroy someone else's straw hat, but only amongst France. So, say you and I are living in New York, Bunny, and it's 1921, and we decide to go to the Cotton Club for drinks, or yeah. say Bill Place on 133rd Street in Harlem, or maybe today, Bunny, you feel like going to the Roseland Ballroom down in the theater district. I did my research. Yes, yes, is yes. what I'm saying here. That was- point and you're wearing a straw hat, I could playfully go well boy howdy yowza 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 well bite my waffle and call it a whatever the fuck and I could get your hat and stomp on it and that's okay because they're cheap and we are friends but if a stranger comes at your hat and stomps on it um, that's a great offense it's as offense as as offensive as if I kicked your mom square in the balls, basically. I, okay. I, uh, I kicked me in the front butt is is basically the same offense. Yeah. So in 1922, and that also around- sounds
0: familiar from just bits and pieces of television. Like I could I could picture a scene with somebody taking off somebody's hat and stomping it
1: yeah yeah so in 1922 a rowdy group of teens decide apparently when it comes to really rowdy teens september 15th was like uh 1920s the purge and teens were like oh my god it's the 15th let's let's go and destroy some fucking hats guys hey bow hey fellow bowery boys Let's go to Yancey Street and start fucking with strangers' hats because it's September 15th, it's Straw Hat Day. Yes. Let's go fuck with some people's hats. So, so, So these groups of rowdy teens would be going around knocking hats off people and then stomping on the hats and all that. But in 1922, the teens couldn't wait. They were like, I can't wait until Straw Hat Day. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for Straw Hat Day where we get to go out and just destroy people's hats. And they just couldn't wait. So for whatever reason, in 1922, they decided to move it up two days earlier. Okay. So September 13th, this big group of teens decide, "Let's go! let's go start fucking with people's hats now. Okay. You know, two days early. Let's go start fucking up, people. And oh, these rowdy teams. They had an awful good time. And just seeing old people and business people and like, hey, Jackson, and smacking those hats off and stomping on them and having so much fun. And they're just going from town to, from, from street to street, from neighborhood to neighborhood, uh, having an awful good time. Then... They got to the docks. Okay. And it's one thing knocking off the hats of some people in theater district. It's, it's one thing knocking the hats off of some folks walking around Manhattan. It's another thing when you're in the fucking docks, okay? Yes. So this big group of teens runs into a, a, a massive group of angry New York City dock workers. They've just been working, I don't know, like a 14-hour shift with no breaks or safety precautions, because it's 1922. And these old angry dock workers and they come out of work and they're angry and they want to get a drink and they're all wearing straw hats. Okay. So... These young rapscallions are like, oh, here comes some dock workers. We better start knocking their hats off. And these dock workers weren't having any of it. And they fight back. And a big gang fight occurs that is so huge that it stopped all traffic on the Manhattan Bridge.
0: Nice.
1: All of the traffic is shut down and the police come and they start arresting these rowdy teens. But the problem is, like, I don't know, 75 percent of them are under fucking age and they can't arrest them. So there were reports in the papers about um, the police calling the teens parents and having the parents spank them at the police station <sighs> okay one of the weirdest punishments seven are spanked at station by angry parents so it, it, most of the teens that end up in this riot they can't be arrested because they're underage and so they're let go and so the next day, the teens wake up and they're like, we're going back to the fucking docks. (laughs) It's number 14. And it's like, okay, we are not... No, we're going back there, and this time we're bringing weapons. So the teens got bats, and the teens got planks of wood with nails stuck to them, like actual fucking weapons. And for eight days, it becomes a riot Fight, gang, war, fucking. It becomes a massive fight.
0: Okay. A
1: massive, nonstop fight. And people were terrified. But there are reports of one group of people who were not terrified. And you know who that was? Who? Hat store owners. Okay. They open late. To be like, oh, my God, oh, there are these teens and they've got weapons and they're beating people up who are who are still wearing straw hats. I need a hat quickly. And they're like, come on in. We're open until midnight today. Come on in, we'll get in. It's all right. Trying times. Come on in. What size hat are you? So so the riot, the straw hat riot lasted about eight days and thankfully nobody died that year okay but it became a thing every year there was violence around september 15th it became common for fights and riots to break out because of the whole pat thing and that brings us to the person who stopped this of all people Ball. In 1925, President Calvin Coolidge is invited to a baseball game at the end of September. And Calvin Coolidge is like, we got to stop. We got to stop these fights and riots every September 15th. I mean, this is, this is crazy. This is insane. We got to do something. So he's invited to, you know, throw the first pitch out at some baseball game. And Calvin Coolidge says, guys, I'm going to this baseball game. And I know I'm going to sound crazy. Get me a straw hat. And literally all of his people, (laughs) Mr. President, you can't do that. You can't wear a straw hat after the 15th. And President Coolidge is like, guys, I know what I'm doing. He shows up in a straw hat to the baseball game. and literally the next day in the new york times the headline reads straw hat deadline not uh, not followed by president at baseball game and it and straw hats after september 15th stopped Solely because the president came out at the end of September in 1925 to a baseball game wearing a straw hat and people immediately all over America just went, oh, so it's okay now? Okay, I guess we can just wear them whenever. And all of the riots stopped. And it's the weirdest fucking thing. It's the weirdest thing.
0: If nothing else has proved it to you. You, the audience, the listeners, the viewers, whatever the hell you are, this story should be conclusive proof. Go back and listen to it again. White people are fucking crazy.
1: Yes. Yes. They are absolutely crazy. People were hostile. They will like- kill
0: each other over straw fucking hats. Yeah.
1: People were, put, people were sent to the ICU, the emergency room. People were put in comas. Not in 1922, but years later, people, like, died. They, they were attacked and beaten to death because they were wearing a straw hat on, like, September 16th. Yeah. No, white people are crazy. White people are absolutely crazy.
0: Yeah. There's a big difference between black people rioting and saying, Please don't kill us and you're wearing a straw fucking hat.
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely.
0: You're wearing there's really gotta be more to that. I mean, like, is this because this is fucking insane.
1: Yeah. I went to a WCW Nitro. Monday Nitro taping at yeah. the height of the NWO at the height of Hulk Hogan and, and all of that it, it was during the period in time when the NWO wrestling faction split up into two groups and there was NWO black and white and NWO red wolf okay. and it, there was a big live TV taping uh, in downtown Phoenix and I, Tom and I went together and I decided to wear my LWO shirt and I swear to God, there were like four different groups of white people who almost beat the shit out of me. Yeah. And, I, and it was just so weird, like, you're gonna beat me up because I'm wearing a shirt of a wrestling faction you don't like. <laughs> oh, man. How in the world? Like, like, are you serious right now? You're gonna beat me up because you don't like the wrestling shirt I have on? Like, what world do you live in where this is the problem? (laughs) And and it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Every time that I've gotten fast food lately, there has been a mistake with the order. And I'm trying not to... And every time, like, Natasha gets really angry and I go, honey, the world is ending... We shouldn't get mad that they didn't give us two, you know, sauce packets. Yeah. We, we, you know, I think that's the difference is that, you know, minorities are trying to fight for equality and white people are fighting because I demand my right to not be inconvenienced. Mm hmm. How dare you make me wear a mask so that other people won't die? This is tyranny, because I'm slightly inconvenienced by something. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, yeah, the Straw Hat Riot of 1922. I know that I have said this a couple of times before, but I'm surprised that more people don't know this story. I'm surprised that more people don't know this story. Anyway, that's it for Shaps this week. Next week, we will be doing some more educationally uneducational fun, and we hope you will join us. And cut on that. Funny. on that. Yes. We still have a movie to get to. Yes, we do. We have a movie to get to, a pre-code film that we need to get to. But before we get to that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. Okay, I will take your word for that. where where did my uh, where did my regular breaks? Where did my regular break background go? every time I change my background the, my virtual background they there someplace different. There you go. We will be right back with more of the on film after this
3: do, 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 do,
1: and break.
0: There's more stupidity than hydrogen in the universe. And it has a longer
2: shelf.
1: Missionary position impossible.
3: Something unknown, something unforeseen, something unspeakable lives below. And it lives to destroy. <laughs> have risen we created the perfect soldier from cheap hoodlums and thugs and a good number of pathological murderers and sadists as well we call them the totten Corps, the death Corps. creatures more horrible than any you can imagine from beyond the dead from beneath the living from the depths of hell's ocean everything they touch will die in the deep shock waves give me the flashlight we'll we'll be left with nothing but that oil you don't need it i need all the help i can get out there now let me have it Starring the masters of shock, John Carradine and Peter Cushing. You are indeed very stupid. Now it is too late. Now the total horror has begun. Now there is no way out. Now the ocean becomes a graveyard. faster you run, the quicker you die. Because once, they were almost human. Shockwaves. The deep end of horror.
1: And we're back with more of the Popon Fest bunny act three act
0: act three how would may west say act three act three.
1: huh oh, act three eh <laughs>
2: that,
1: off the top of my head off the top of my head yes bunny my friend It is once again time for all of us here at the pope on film podcast to casually stroll mosey if you will to the third and final act of the podcast, and it is said third act, wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our all-new high-in-fiber, low-in-fat, and part of a delicious balanced breakfast movie of the week. And this week, my co-host Bunny is in charge, and the closer we get to his birthday, the deeper Bunny takes us into his amazing mind. Yes. And this week, we begin our trip... With the pre-code 1933 Mae West movie, she done him wrong. Fun fact for you, Bunny, to start off. She did this film as a public service, and they said, "May West, you are a, d- a delight of the stage. You should do a movie. Maybe you could do one where you mention kissing men. <gasps> or maybe show a bit of leg. <gasps> or maybe mention S.E.X. And she said, no. I want to do a film that is a public service because now in 1933, the leading cause of death is accidentally falling into a knife. Yes. I'm going to make a film that will teach people that accidentally falling into knives is bad. Yes. That's what this movie is. So that's how I figured I knew that? Like, she passed her wisdom on to my family and they taught me Yeah, that's why, if you notice, like, you and I have never accidentally fallen into a knife. Yeah, that's because of Mae West. I've come close, you know. Back in 1933, falling into a knife was the same as, like, uh, dancing on a flagpole, you know? And other, like, 1930s. It's like, hey, Jimmy, let's go and uh, toss a hoop down the street with a stick. Oh, what a great idea! That's how all six-year-olds talked back then. Yes. Hey, buddy, let's go on down to the docks and chuck pennies at the at the Hispanics. Then <laughs> maybe after that we can accidentally fall into a knife. That's how it was back in the day. Thankfully, Mae West, a hero, bunny. Uh, uh. It, first off, why this
0: film? Why this film? Because we haven't done anything on May West previously. Uh and this was like kind of her first film, along with sort of Carrie Grant's first film as well. So it seemed to be an important film in the May West Pantheon.
1: Okay. Your thoughts,
0: your preliminary thoughts on this film. My Preliminary thoughts is that it does have a certain, like, entertainment value, you know, but I would have to put it more in the Little Rascals, Bowery Boys kind of category, as opposed to, like, a a Marx Brothers level. Yeah. Yeah. Much like we kind of discussed before, for the most part, I, I I had a hard time understanding what the fuck they were talking about. Fine yeah, I've a, watched this movie three yeah. times. I really don't know what it's about.
1: Yeah. I can only I can only understand about seventy percent of anything that anyone said. There's so much talking in this film. And what Is the fuck was awesome Cary Grant wearing?
0: What the fuck? I was, I was like, is he a bellhop? Is he a chauffeur? Um,
1: you know what the fuck? You know he, 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 he was like a, like a temp, temp, temperaments, did, tem, Tim. Tem, tem. He was one of those people that played. Um, musical instruments on the streets and tried to get people not to go into jazz clubs and drink. Yes. Like in Guys and Dolls. I tried to see this movie in Guys and Dolls terms. They're like, okay, Cary Grant is a cop who's hiding as one of those people that is trying to, like, oh, stay away from sin and temptation. Yes. Please come with us. It was Cary Grant's deal. I love this, the thing that I love about this film is that it's like 1933, so it's like, don't make me shoot you Mugsy," and then he, does, he he jerks the gun like this and you hear a bang somewhere and the other person just goes oh, and doubles over and you never see a, a gun being fired, you never see blood, it's just oh, you got me, like kids playing cops and robbers yeah you know And it's adorable. Yes. Okay, so she done him wrong. It's a pre-code film, meaning that this was before the motion picture production code in 1934 cleaned up Hollywood. And you can tell that because, hey, there's robbery and murder and a guy cleaning up horse shit. Yeah. Which they definitely wouldn't have put pre-code. Some film buffs really go ape shit over pre-code films. So so they oh recode code so um this was a starring vehicle for Mae west who had courageously spent years before this movie writing and performing in scandalous plays that she would write herself throughout the like 1920s yeah including one just called sex she just wrote a book <laughs> And it was too scandalous for the freaking Puritans and stuff. So they arrested her and they marched her to the station and everyone's like following and stuff. And they're like, okay, May West, you need to stop this play. It's too scandalous. And you can either pay a fine and leave now, or you can go to jail for 10 days. And she basically went like, hey, if it means I get in the papers... I'll take the ten days. So she, so she just stayed in prison and made all of these freaking headlines about how scandalous she was. She also did another. She also wrote another play called Drag that was a serious look at homosexuality. Yeah. And it, damn, you were fighting some good fucking fights in the nineteen twenties. And also, she uh, would demand to do these plays with. Uh, black actors and actresses during a time when like no one was doing that and she's like oh no we're gonna take all put all these black people into this movie she fought the studio when she made she done him wrong because she's like okay for the person that's working for me no I want a black actress and they're like do you though it's 1933 we can get some white people and they're like no we're gonna get we're gonna get a black person and and gonna come in here and get paid nice and act And, and so she fought and nail for, for the, the black servant
0: in this movie and and this is what always fascinates me that I've brought up a few times okay see like now that person in that role comes off really really racist and Mae West no. having a black servant also comes off really really fucking racist but at that time this was a this was a fucking victory.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, a white person first, would
0: have gotten that part.
1: Yeah. When I first saw the movie, I'm like, "Oh, Mae West is being racist." But then I learned that like she fought for that black woman to be in that movie, and it's like, "Oh, fucking good for you!" And she had a history of of, of giving work to black actors and actresses in her plays and mm. stuff. And like, I had no idea how much of a of, feminist pioneer fighting for gay rights and fighting for 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 to end racism and all this shit. I had no clue about any of this so that was really interesting mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, she so again made-
0: Dario Argento he would frequently have a, a, a very stereotypical gay character. Mm-hmm. But at the same time that gay character would either be the lead of the story, or very fucking close. You know? Yeah. So, so it's like, yeah, it's a really bad stereotype going on here, but this was probably really groundbreaking at the time.
1: Yeah. Because back then, like the gay character is, you know, like uh, the funny gay character on the sidelines. And this person's like, hey, this is going to be like the hero of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big-ass deal. So, she had done a play. Uh, she created a character in a play, and that was Diamond Lil. And the play was so scandalous that people are like, oh, oh you, you can never do this play again. So then Paramount came along, and they're like, hey, this play of yours was really popular, and we're almost bankrupt. Yes we're we're like about to go out of business. So maybe you can do this Diamond Lil character in a movie and then the the like the the government, like police officials are like, "No, you don't get it. We have banned this character. She can no longer be Diamond Lil anymore. She can't she can't she can't be this character anymore. It's too scandalous." So she changed the name from Diamond Lil to Lady Lou and that is this movie. Yes. And she says the story that she discovered Cary Grant. But also two other people say the exact same story. So you got to take it with a grain of salt. But according to her autobiography, um, she was just going through the Paramount lot. And she, you know, she like co-wrote the screenplay and she was like a producer for this. And it's a big deal that she was such a creative factor for this movie back then. And I had no idea how, how much of a, a feminist a pioneer icon that she was. So she's wandering around the, the back lot and she sees Cary Grant, who at the time was just like a bit player, like small time actor guy. And he's like, You, he's the guy. Look at him. He's gorgeous. I want him to star in the movie. And people are like, Do you, though? We, we, who, who, we, we don't know shit about Cary Grant. For all we know, he's a crappy actor. And she said, If he can speak, I'll put him in my movie. Yeah, Just look at him. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter if he's a good actor. Look at how handsome he is. If he if he can make words with his mouth, he's great for my film. And like, damn, good for her. Good for you. Like in 1933, here is like this woman that has just completely taken charge of herself and all of that and oh my god. Amazing. Um, that I mean, I she- don't
0: know about discovering him, but she certainly helped jumpstart his career.
1: Yeah. I mean, because yeah, they were changed. in
0: a few movies together. They were kind of like the Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan of their day.
1: Ooh, yeah, the Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan of their day. So, so like, he did movies before, but Mae West was the first one who was like, you're going to be the the romantic lead in this movie. Yeah. And this was his first leading role. And that being said, this is a, a bit of a difficult movie to get through in our modern times. You know? Yeah. The best movie. It's a bit unclear as to what is going on in the film. There's a scene when you first go into the bar... And the bartender is pouring, there's like, there there's like a plate, and on the plate are like three or four beer glasses, and the bartender just carelessly pours all of them at the same time, and the beer gets everywhere, and the head of the beer is just spilling all over the place. So the bartender and just shaves off the head of the beer, and the beer gets everywhere, and I was so grossed out by this. Yeah? I was like, ew, you're serving wet-ass beer! Like, and I'm gonna grab that, and my hand's gonna get all wet, and it's gonna be dripping everywhere? Like, fucking ew! Yeah. Ew! Like, you're setting off OCDs I didn't even know I had! Now I'm free! beer. <laughs> <laughs> I that was a thing that i could be freaked out about yeah you and then like the speaking and it's like hey jimmy don't you give me no sass see we're gonna yeah. head over to the doc figure out who's behind this uh who's who's this hot character we're gonna figure this out and it's like are there captions on this video can i can i get like a you know, like, when you're watching the Maury Povich show, like, would you like a, a teleplay of this? Like, wh- wh- what do they used to say at the end of the talk shows? Like...
0: Oh, God, movie? yeah, a transcript, right?
1: Would you like a transcript of today's production? Like, can I get a transcript of She Done Him Wrong so I can read along at home? Because I'm not fully sure what the fuck's going on. Yeah. movie. But apparently this film was like a huge hit, and it saved Paramount from bankruptcy, so Paramount named a part of their uh, film studio lot after her, because basically she saved Paramount from going out of business, because nice. this movie was so, as evident by the fact that there was a cartoon parody! Yes! And it was blowing
0: yes. That was like, he- a great way to wake up this morning!
1: That She Done Him Wrong was such a big hit that later that same year, some bimbo knockoff made the cartoon She Done Him Right. And it's like, damn, that's how big of a movie this was? That there were like weird-out parodies of this movie out there. Yeah. 1933, like, damn, good for you. This was nominated for Outstanding Production which they later renamed Best Picture. So this is the shortest film that has ever been nominated for Best Picture because it's really? like 62 years long. So this is the shortest ever Best Picture nominee, but it lost to some movie I didn't write down. I, it wasn't that good. It, it was nominated. It was nominated. So that's how big of a movie this was. This was, yeah. this was a big deal at the time. It's, it's, it, there were some scenes that I thought were cute I liked in particular I liked the scene where she goes to the jail to see her ex-boyfriend and everyone in the jail has been with her yes I yes really they liked have. I like, oh hi Lou and it's like oh d- damn I don't know I, I didn't know you were in here <laughs> keeps walking in the next room there's two guys hi lou oh boys and like i thought that was cute yeah uh like it was a cute film but
0: but fucking scandalous
1: yeah no this was scandalous for the day i was really impressed with the scene where where the she's fighting with the lady russian lady i guess i don't know yeah she's fighting Russian lady and, and then the lady accidentally falls into the knife and she's like oh shit I mean, there's like a few moments where she panics and she's like oh shit I just accidentally killed someone there's a dead body here oh shit what am I gonna do what am I gonna do and someone walks in and she just casually just like oh hi how you doing yes. um, I'm just combing this woman's hair no big deal everything's fine and it's like, damn, you switched that on in a second. Like yeah. wow, good you. Good for you. You you know how to cover for a dead body. Jesus. <laughs> that was that was some that was some cold-blooded impressive shit. Yes. Yes. And I like any film that's I like any film that's short, but it's yeah. just difficult attention, because who knows what the fuck this movie is about? It's about this guy and he... I don't know. I i, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. About
1: a guy and he owns a nightclub slash bar and there's this other guy who keeps popping up and he just he seemed to be the guy who would just show up to hint at things. Yeah. And he's like, so, how are you? How do you like working here? You like working for Jimmy? Well, I hear that Jimmy's been doing more than just selling drinks. If you catch my drift, I think he's been selling maybe some special dates. Winkety wink wink. Yeah. Anyway, I'll be gone for the next 20 minutes. And we'll pop up again to hint at something else happening. Mr. Like- Exposition. Yeah, Mr. Exposition. So, how? what's it like? Oh, Jesus. You have an amazing camera, honey. Jesus Christ. You, you took nervous? this picture? Mm-hmm. Where is this? On our car. Oh, shit. There's a demon spider on your car. It had a hard time. It was focusing on the... the... I see that. Well, of the... No, that, that's an incredible... It kept rearing up like this. Oh, yeah. This is a it's pissed like off sweet. spider. are you doing? Yeah. You wow. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> It was worth it. That was a beautiful picture. Um, and then and then there are these Russians, and and I had to watch the movie a couple of times because I watched the movie, and then I started researching the movie, and I found this website that focuses solely on pre-code. Films and they're like the most scandalous part of this was the white slavery aspect, and I'm like, where the fuck was that? I didn't see any goddamn white slavery. What the fuck are you? Are we watching different films? Well, because I have no idea what you're talking about, so I had to watch it a couple of times to try and figure out what this movie was about, and I'm still not sure. But apparently, well, Boris
0: and Natasha were trying to sex traffic that one girl.
1: Yes. That's what I eventually picked up on. Yeah. yeah but it took a while to pick up on that because it, it, it's difficult to, to make sense of this film because modern-
0: you, you still can't out and out say it.
1: yeah yeah. So anyway uh, this this was a this was a fun trip and I'm excited to see what else happens uh, this this uh, bunny time yes we are having right now but before we end the discussion of the 1933 film she done him wrong it is once again time for us to see if we can make a bad sequel of this film with our new uh trend which i am very excited about our new segment called can we soar to it
0: can we Thor to it
1: yes so we're talking about the sequel to she done him wrong she done him wrong to the dark world yes now i tried to stay in the moment i because this is like a this was supposed to be like a look at the gay 90s and so what i thought for the sequel was it's set later on in American history, and now Prohibition has shut down the bar. Yeah. Mae West works at. It, now, the problem with sequels is that you really need to make money, you know? So I came up with a great idea that is both a, a sequel and a money maker. She can't serve beer anymore. So, you know what? She does sell delicious Shasta sodas. Yes. Because that way, she's still serving stuff and a sponsorship. And it's like, what are you talking about, boys? I ain't serving no drinks other than the delicious taste of Shasta. <laughs> Maybe you and I can have a nice cold glass of Shasta later in my dressing room, if yes. you know what I mean. That's my very bad Mae West impression. But we need, a, we need some money. For the sequel, and that's how we get it. So it's a sequel slash Shasta commercial. Yes, I think it's a decent idea. Do you have any ideas, Buddy? I'm I'm thinking that
0: May West is pregnant.
1: Ooh, okay. In
0: the sequel, and there is a high stakes gambling pool as to who the father is. Okay. You know? So they're all trying to vie for, you know, they have the father, they have the father, because really, there are no fucking tests.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So they have to kind of duke it out to to find out who the father of Mae West's child is which is when Cary Grant leans back on his Golden Gloves experience.
1: Nice.
0: Okay. So there is the big match between the leading contender, which would be uh, Barrymore, who was in the prison. Wasn't that John Barrymore? Yes. He was a quasi-famous dude. Yeah, the one who was in prison. I can't yep. wait. I can't wait, dude. Jack it off, okay? Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's time.
1: Oh, calm your, calm your tits.
0: Yeah. Uh, so he's the leading contender, you know, and yeah. and he he just represents the underworld and all and the just the seamy side of the Bowery. You know, and 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 Cary Grant represents the struggle of the people to better themselves and arise above their conditions. You know, um, yeah. So they're going to have a boxing match, and that boxing match will determine who is the father of May West's baby. And the bets will pay off.
1: That's a, that's a decent idea. Yeah. That's a decent idea. Um, I wanted to take a small amount of time and mention the fact that uh, Sergey, the Russian was played by a Mexican guy. Okay. Who, who died And this is phenomenal to me because this movie was made in 1933. He died in 1994. Yeah. His name was Gilbert Roland. Uh, That was the name he went by in America. His real name was Luis Antonio Damaso de Alonso. And he was born in the same small town in Mexico that my dad was born in. Yeah. And it's crazy because he started off his career – as an extra in the 1923 silent film, the hunchback of Notre Dame. And the last one of the last things that he did was a 1980 episode of heart to heart. Yeah. That's a goddamn jump. (laughs) That's a goddamn jump and a half to go from the silent Lon Chaney, hunchback of Notre Dame. To fucking an episode of Heart to Heart. Yes. He was in Kung Fu. Yeah. He was in an episode of Kung Fu. He was in an episode of Barnaby Jones, McCloud, Night Gallery. I mean, The Fugitive, he, 1964. He kept working. Yeah, he did. He was uh, Combat, Death Valley Days, the Alfred Hitchcock Hour. He was a bad guy called The Knife in in the TV show Zorro in the 60s. Yeah. This guy fucking worked. His credits are in freaking sane. And I just wanted to give a, a, a hats off to our guy, unfortunately named Gilbert Roland. But... Uh, I want to give credit not to Gilbert Roland, but to Luis Antonio Damaso de Alonso. Yes, that's dude. You you had a career and a half. Good for you. You know. Yes. Yeah. But so but
0: but since you mentioned up, I th- I thought he died. I have always been under the impression, and I don't know where it got it from, is that uh. Oh crap! What was that kid's name from HR Puff and stuff? Jack Wild. Yes, I was always under the impression that that kid died from like leukemia or something, which is basically why HR Puff and stuff ended.
1: Is this is this some? Uh... Maybe you think that because of the Mandela effect.
0: Yeah, or maybe I'm just a fucking kid who was wrong about something. <laughs> but yeah, I I, I got curious, to, like like, and that's just in the back of my head, you know. But just in yeah. general, me being me, being at work, and all I can get is Google or Wikipedia. You know, I decide yeah. to to Wikipedia. H.R. Puffin stuff. Let, let me spend the afternoon reading about H.R. Puffin stuff. And yes, Jack Wilder is dead, but he died in 2012.
1: That's crazy. That is crazy. Alcoholic most of his fucking life. <laughs> that's, that's so weird that you bring that up because I recently decided to look up the wikipedia for albert b fall the secretary of the interior during the harding administration who was responsible for the infamous teapot dome scandal and someone who i bring up a ridiculously large amount of times in my children's youtube channel Yes. Because I just think it's funny. That's a weird fact to just roll off of your tongue like that. And so I, I realized that, like, I mentioned him a lot, but I don't know him personally. So I looked him up, and he has this nice big Wikipedia page. First off, first big fact I learned his middle name was Bacon. <laughs> the name was Albert Baconfall. Yes love that and and i told my wife that he probably got that name because it's like now billy now now albie do me a favor and hold this pig now don't drop it in the ravine oh he dropped the pig again that's the fourth pig we have lost this week into the ravine That Albert keeps dropping the pigs. Maybe we should name him as such. And that's how he got the name, Albert Baconfall. But here's the craziest part. Here's the craziest part. He wrote the most famous bit of dialogue from the movie There Will Be Blood. Yeah. You know, 2007, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis... you know that stupid line that everybody talks about from "There Will Be Blood"? I drink a you milkshake. I, I drink a you milkshake, and it's you know it was like a meme. I've
0: never seen it. I mean to, and I mean to watch it one day. But no, no, I don't remember any memes or
1: catchy lines no.
0: from it or anything like that. I
1: drink your milkshake was like one of the most popular lines from that movie. So during congressional hearings concerning the Teapot Dome scandal in 1924, Albert B. Fault explained the concept of oil field drainage with a remark later adapted as a line of dialogue in the 2007 film There Will Be Blood. He said, sir, if you have a milkshake and I have a milkshake and my straw reaches across the room. I'll end up drinking your milkshake. Okay. <laughs> so Albert B. Fall wrote a classic line of dialogue from Daniel Day Lewis's There Will Be Blood. Really fucking weird. Yes. Really fucking weird. Bizarre. And something I should have
0: mentioned on Bunny Versus, but it's it's fairly short and and you've gotta check it out. So I'm cruising by Tubi. Yes. And I noticed that they had family affair. And I was like, you know, I'm feeling a little nostalgic. I I just want one episode of family affair. You know? Get in and out. You know, I I don't want to, like, watch the whole series or anything like that. So I go to Tubi, and I'm like, okay. So I really just want a random episode to try to represent Family Affair. You know? Yeah. So I came down to something like Season 3 and Episode 5 or some shit like this. You know, where all the characters are settled in. The show's a hit. The show knows what it's doing. And this is going to be a fair representation of the show. So I watched the episode and uncle bill is working out with a trainer in his gym okay She's and they're finished and they're sitting on a bench and they're cooling down and the trainer starts telling mr bill that he's concerned because his son is always playing with his daughters here. and and he's he is very concerned about this he is very concerned about the boy's <laughs> health and they together decide that the boy needs to be sent to camp no god okay so he's got to like learn how to be a boy
2: okay yeah.
0: before yeah before before he's Flamboyant <laughs> Okay
2: did not
0: use that word. Mr. Bill comes Uncle, Uncle Bill comes home And he has been Wondering all day you know Jody is always Playing with Buffy and Sissy I wonder If there's something wrong with him Maybe I should send him to camp
1: Oh my god that's so funny because recently I tried to explain the plot of Bree's company to Bella and yeah. she lost shit about it. She's yeah. like, was on TV? Are you serious? People watch this? And I'm like, yeah, the guy, the, the guy who's pretending to be gay, that was the voice of Clifford, the big red dog on PBS right before he died. And she's like, you're fucking kidding me. Are you kidding me? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> He was a horny single living with two women but pretending to be gay so he could live with two women. Mhm. It's TV show. And she was blown away by that. <laughs> oh my god, shows are shows were horrible. And I'm like, yeah, we're not going to get into all in the family right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> you could not handle that. You could not handle all in the family. Yeah. Hey, so that was same- it. I I I, I we, we we took
0: a good tangent.
1: Cool. cool.
0: A, a worthy one.
1: Yeah, I got to be on the TV because it because Tubi is where all the uh Lucha Underground is, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, all of the Lucha Undergrounds are there. So it's like that's room re- that's reason enough for me. That's reason enough for me to to have Tubi.
0: So we we pretty much have a wrap on this movie, huh?
1: Yes. No, we are okay. all wrapped up. Sure? Yes? Why do you want me to watch it? Is someone going to come and steal? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I will absolutely watch it for you, Jaden. Thank you for asking. There you go. I'm watching your stuff. So next uh, week's movie. Hey, 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 Bunny, do you want to buy Jaden's stuff? No, because I'm I'm watching. Jaden told me to watch his stuff, and he's gone now. So if you wanna half use oh. me, and a water bottle. This looks pretty nice. I can sell it to you.
0: Yeah, but he's been sucking out of the water bottle, so no.
1: Okay, okay, good point, good point, good point. Yeah. So yeah, so that's all I've got for this week's film. She done him wrong. Um, I, I, I feel kind of bad saying this. It's not a racist thing. Yes. They should do a modern day black remake of this.
0: Oh, movie. We we have not touched on how bad they were to Jews in this movie. Yeah, yeah. With the no, one with not. the one Jew cheating on his taxes, and the other one was just selling cigarettes, and the, and the the cop was like harassing him for no yeah. reason, like
1: yeah. yeah. But, but then but left like a modern day. Remake of this, and it's some nightclub. And there's just some like strong woman. I I don't know, Tiffany Haddish, in this movie, just as a modern remake. I'm just saying (laughs) that would be. I'm interested to see, Bunny. What is coming next? I'm, I, I, I'm I'm really excited. I have no idea what is coming next. But, but, uh, what are we doing for next week, Bunny?
0: Next week is a movie that I have been searching for for a very long time yeah. and have finally found and it has just raised more questions. The okay. question being, now it's a good movie, okay? Okay. But what did nine or ten-year-old me Love this movie. Was his favorite movie in the world for a short period of time. That I've almost completely forgotten about now. Okay. Was it Convoy? No. No. Okay. okay. Uptown Saturday Night. Starring William Portier. And Bill Cosby. We're watching a Bill Cosby movie. Okay, a Bill Cosby back in the day movie. It's not yeah, uploaded man. yet. I'll, I'll. I didn't want to be uploading it around the Zoom. Yeah. Uh.
1: uh the new Bill and Ted movie is also there for you. Cool. So. I appreciate hmm. that. Yeah. No problem. Uh, okay, so next week we're doing Uptown Saturday Night. We will also be looking at the history of the Hornbeck Movie Theater, and of course, can we Thor to it? Which I'm I'm really looking forward to every week now. Also, next week we'll be talking a little bit more about May West. I've got some I've got some May West material here for oh, next yes. week. I it was very difficult for me to not say it while we were discussing this week's movie, but I've got a lot more way met May, May West shit. To I, talk about.
0: I would be surprised if you didn't. And yeah. and had you mentioned something, it would have affected what next week's movie would be. Oh
2: yeah. That's all oh, I'm yeah. saying. Oh yeah.
0: That's all I'm all right. saying. I think you know what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, no, I, it, maybe, but but I've, no, I've got some things. I've got I've got some really good material uh, that has to do with uh, NWA okay. and May West connections between May West and NWA. Really? So just yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be discussing that, but that's next week. But now that I'm looking back at this week. Uh, Neil Green, straw hats, happy cookie parties,
0: happy (laughs) cookie parties.
1: It's Creek. I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. I think it's been pretty good. This
0: this has been a damn good episode of the podcast. Okay,
1: I, I I felt the same way that you did, but I didn't want to step on your toes. You're the person who makes that decision. Anywho, I I concur. With your assessment, with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steven on behalf of Natasha and uh, Jaden and Amber and Bella and everybody else. I just want to say thanks for listening. And we will see you next week, you godless heathens. And you douche waffles and cookie and you, and
2: you, and you glitch I, out. People. I might have
0: to, I might have to dye my hair black so I can play with backgrounds too. It's fun. It's really fun.
1: It's a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Do, 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 do,